Okay, welcome everyone to the next episode of the Catribute podcast, first episode this year, and our guest, Excellent. You want to introduce yourselves? Yeah, hello, hello. Uh, I'm Excellent, a uh, streamer from Sweden, and uh, play a lot of both on NA and EU, and uh, recently more on NA, actually, uh, because I've played a lot with Captain Honor and that gang over there. And uh, I started to stream, it's almost two years now. Uh, a small follower base, not many subscribers, but hey, it's only a hub, hobby for me. So I'm not quitting my day job yet. <laughs> to be fair, it wouldn't be recommended. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> yeah. And then we can just jump into our first topic, which is briefly mentioning the latest uh, awkwardness of wargaming, because they've decided to sell some tech trees. And the way they have decided to sell them is put them into bundles. Like, I mean, actually, can you pay another one else to Tallinn? You can basically buy a Tallinn bundle for discounted 12,250 doubloons, which I think is about 40 euros. Mm. Discount, discount, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, not but really, not really a discount because you can't buy them at an ordinary price, so it's no discount. Exactly, that's the thing that really rubs me the wrong way. I mean, you know, a lot of games offer like skip stuff for money. Technically, you could just, I guess, con if you have, you know, free experience or experience in ships, you could convert that for money, you know, and research up. It's not necessarily that new offer thing but you just, just don't pretend you're giving us a discount they're charging i mean you, you get the perma camo and a bit of other stuff like a six-point camping but i are still assuming that the tallinn is worth i think about seven thousand doubloons or something it is i mean it it doesn't set like we've talked about monetization many times before but this really doesn't set a good yeah. precedent for their not only, I mean, some people are going to be okay with the fact that they've brought these um, uh, preview event camos available to people to buy. That's that's fair enough, but they're really expensive. So they've obviously not just gone, here's the cost of the camo. They've assigned a doubloon value to a tech tree ship. And it's not even, like, it's as much as a tier 8 premium, but it's not going to be as good as a tier 8 premium because the perma camo bonuses, I don't think, are they as good as tier 8 with the, 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 the income game you get from a uh, uh, full terry premium ship? Because I remember reading somewhere once upon a time that the perma camos for tier 10 ships give you, like if you have that on your tier 10 ship, it's about the same income game as a tier 8 premium ship. So I can't imagine a tier 8 premium uh, uh, perma camo is going to be the same as a regular tier 8 premium ship. But I don't know, maybe they've buffed it or something. No, I, I think you're right. If you have a premium ship, you get more value from the camo than on the Tech 3 Perma camo, yeah. So they don't have the same value. Pricing. This is absolutely, yeah. if you didn't get this previously, these bundles are the only way to get it, and we're going to make you absolutely pay through the nose for the privilege of, uh, of being a completionist. Uh, so, yeah, I mean... Weirdly enough, you can get just the bundles of the Petro and the Riga together for less than just the Tallinn. 
which is slightly odd, but they also have a bundle with the Talon uh, and the Talon camo and the Petro camo for 25k as well. So if they just had the camos available for each individual ship, so players could go, okay, I want that one or that one or that one, that would be fine. I don't think anyone would have any problem with that, but the fact that they've stuck all these bundles in together... Is yeah, just... I, I agree. It's a bundle, so that it's a problem. Not the price in itself, it's it's bundling that people hate. Yeah, if if you had a choice, if you want to pay 7,000 doubloons for a tier 8 tech tree ship, I mean, sure, you, they can offer the choice, you have no problem with that. But if they force that into your bundle for the camo, it's just, uh, you know, it's not nice. It is pretty anti-consumer. Let's, you know, let's call it what it is. It's, yeah. it's, it's extracting money out of uh, players that they hope won't have the impulse control to uh, to say no. Yeah, because I have no value in Tallinn. I have no value in a, ca- a six-point captain. I have no value in port slot because I I have all of these things. I only want the camo, and to me, the camo is not worth seven thousand doubloons or whatever it is. Yeah, the wacky thing is that as someone that owns the Tallinn but doesn't have that camo from the uh, the, the the cruiser event. Uh, I can't even select that option in the shop because it says I've already got the ship, so presumably I would have to sell the ship so I could then play actual money for the ship. I don't uh, know. There's it, no option it's stupid. It's stupid. There. Yeah. So that's definitely a wargaming fail. That's something I think we can all happily criticize them for. I mean, <laughs> they thing, could have done much better. The thing is, if you could buy the bundle when you already had the Tallinn, they would need to compensate you for the Tallinn you already had, but you'd only get a bunch of credits because it mm. doesn't really have a doubloon value, so they'd have to admit that they are overcharging you for a tech tree ship, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah, that, that's, you know, Happy New Year, everyone, for what they're doing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, speaking of buying things, we then have a dev blog with the methods of distribution of new ships. And I basically, they just announced a few of the ships in testing, how they're going to be available. It's always nice when they do this, though, because people can then plan ahead what uh, currencies to save up. Yeah. That that's really nice, right? Because we we usually only get very, or we used to only get last minute when it's released that we find out what something is for. But especially with things like steel that you need to grind for, and you want to plan how you use your coupons, right? It's nice to know in advance what you actually keep your resources for. So I like it. Yeah, I've I've known friends that uh, just before release they have bought a steel ship. And then they realized, okay, next chip that I really wanted was also steel. That's a real bummer. So now they want to declare it in, in ahead of time. Uh, yeah, I can plan ahead a little. I like that. I do have coincidentally some steel lying around because I do think I want an incomparable. Mm. Yeah, my next steel ship would be Ragnar. I only have uh, like uh, 1,800 steel left for that, so... that's uh, It's been a bit of a sleeper hit, that one. Like You don't see them very often, but 
but it it is uh quite a an interesting little like it's pure gunboat madness but uh yeah it can be very very effective yeah i i call uh, ragnar is actually a small land with uh, <laughs> a boost uh, i mean mm-hmm. it's on sp- uh, small land on speed <laughs> Yeah, I've been I've been kind of consistently surprised that it hasn't been more popular as a as a ship because it's it's not it's not like it's super niche. There's plenty of other gunboat destroyers and people that play them. So yeah, it's tough choosing which steel ship to get though. There are some good ones. Yeah, I think the problem is most players that uh, accumulate steel uh, regularly they are cruiser or battleship players. They go for those steel ships first. Hmm. Therefore, the 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 DD steel uh, ships are less frequently bought. Well, there you go. If you've got a lot of steel and you want to be a hipster, get the Ragnar. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Then, speaking of destroyers, the Forest Sherman is coming for coal. That so, will be my next coal ship, I think. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I have enough coal lying around, so I'd probably pick that up. I haven't been interested in the latest coal releases, but this is one that that I'll probably get. Be, and, I mean, it, it's hmm? it's a new class of U.S. destroyer. Uh, I think it's it's one of the first uh, post-war destroyer designs. So I think just on the basis of people with a, an interest in historical ships will be quite keen on getting this one as well. It's always nice when ships like this appear in-game. Yeah, and if they are available for, like, coal, right? And yeah. not put behind a steel wall or, or something like that. It's interesting that, especially with some of the smaller ships, we've, we've moved very firmly into Cold War territory. Well, so, I mean, I you know, they they want to expand the available real ships that they, they introduce. Yeah. So. It kind of makes sense. But if you can fit them in the scope of the game without... Like, there's certain things that are probably never going to appear, like, uh, like we're probably never going to get Kirov-class battle cruisers, for example. <laughs> uh, I can't imagine granite anti-ship missiles fitting particularly well into the, the current scope of the game. But I don't know. It seems like the kind of thing Gaijin might do, though. They quite <laughs> happily uh, expand. Yeah, we, we can have that if I can, on my Halon, get the missiles that Halon ha- had in <laughs> real life. So, yeah, why not? <laughs> but you that would be a completely other, another game, so... It, it just wait for the super, super ships then in, in a year or two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, well, we've got the tier 11s, now we just need to wait for the tier 12s. Um, so then we have Sevastopol. Have we had any other information about Sevastopol? No, I haven't uh, seen anyone. There was some stuff, I think, in DevBlock. It's just like, I think, well, it's, it's another tier 10 Russian cruiser, a uh, uh, big one. And I think it's basically, it sacrifices the raider so they can focus more on guns and armor or things like that. Yeah, it's it's only six three hundred and eighty, so six fifteen inch guns. So I'm wondering if it'll be something along the lines of the the Borodino and the Champagne and. Uh, it's it. I mean, it's a cruiser. Six three eight is pretty good for a cruiser. 
oh wait yeah it's because i thought it was <laughs> it's because it says it resembles a small battleship and my brain read that and went oh battleship no okay yeah no that's a 15 inch gun uh so that puts it on a par with uh is it each year or the the other one that's got the 15 inch guns there's one of them one of the german tier nines uh the i think the siegfried has the bigger guns yeah, yeah, you're right. I think it's the yeah, the AG has the three oh five, so yeah, Siegfried. That'll be similar similar armament, but I guess we'll see what it's like in terms of armor and survivability. I don't know, I really like Siegfried, so maybe I'll end up really liking the Sebastopol. The fact is a research point ship gives me a reason to actually go and do some line resets, I suppose. I mean it's Russian, so it's probably good. <laughs> <laughs> Russian bias. <laughs> then Atlantico, we already knew that was going to be the next dockyard ship. I think that be interesting to see what kind of grind they put that behind, because that looks like it could be quite fun unless they completely neuter it. Unfortunately, so far, they have never had a really, like, really great dockyard ship. I think the best so far was the ZF-6, and even that is, it's a decent ship, but it's also not Arguably, the repulse in the current the uh, the current lineup, but that's it's only like the tier six mid price. Like they they've for some reason they tend to make sure that all the dockyard ships are kind of meh, like the the end prices, which is kind of surprising because you'd expect them to want to milk people. Yeah, they have been kind of. uh... Uh, on the one hand, hooray, they're not overpowered, but you want them at least to be fun to play, <laughs> which oh, yeah. so, uh, quite a few of them haven't really been that fun to play. Yeah, I, I got to see of 6 and I, uh, it's a good ship, but it's not fun to play for me. I don't yeah. know, there's, it, it lacks uh, the fun part. Yeah, it's... Uh, well, I mean, you rely a lot of getting good use of your reload booster, so you have like this... You have, you've got to looking for the right situation, then you need to use your reload booster, and then you have some cool-off until it's ready again. It's it's not the most engaging playstyle, I guess. No. Oh, and, and, and to me, it's odd to have a, a German DD without a Hydro, so... Mm. I love my Hydros. <laughs> oh, yeah. So let's hope that the Atlantic Co will be the first actually truly fun, uh, good uh, dockyard ship. But who knows? Yeah. And then we have like the. Well, I mean, we knew the Kurfus and the Kavalovska are going to be replaced, and they said it will happen at the beginning of 2022, which isn't really that specific. But I don't know. Maybe next patch. I would guess. Uh, March. Oh, I don't think we will see it that in next patch, but the patch after that, so we'll March maybe. That's my guess. It's nice that they're they're being added as uh, like as the Moscow was previously. That they're not being taken out if you don't have one already. Uh, you'll still be able to get one in future. It's just if you do already have one, you get the benefit of uh, 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 some credits, and I think you will get 
perma camos for the new ship if you have perma camos for the existing ships as well. Yeah, the, you you get the perma if, if you already have the perma. Yeah, and and yeah, the import part, yes, I guess you don't have to sell the ship if you have it. You get the credits as if you would have sold it. It's yeah. Much. I must say, every time uh, Wargaming has done this like they did for Moskva, etc., they they have been quite nice in giving you free stuff if you already have the ship. They they could very well have just said, yeah, yeah, you get the ship, but you don't get, that, don't get the permacam, etc., etc., etc. Yeah, that, that's what they did with Moskva. Like, before yeah. Moskva, they were very generous, and then with Moskva, they were like, you know what? No more Mr. Nice Wargaming. And now they've uh, basically reversed on that, which is good. Yeah, I, I do wonder how much of that is trying to repair some of their community reputation if they've decided that, actually, yeah, we'll, we'll just go back to the more... We'll do, it, we'll do it the more generous way and hope that, that buys us some brownie points. Possibly. Possibly, possibly, yeah. I mean, they they need a lot of brownie points with <laughs> submarines. A lot. <laughs> they have a, lo- a big debt to to repay. So yeah. Yes. So uh, other than some new chip- ships, there are some changes to Yamagiri, and they 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 now give you the choice between like I mean Yamagiri is that super destroyer where you can change the torpedoes that you have, which I think is a nice mechanic. You could use that on more ships. And uh, it's almost weird in a way it's taken this long for them to try doing that with anything. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's you can switch ammunition on on your main gun, so why wouldn't you be able to switch torpedoes, right? So yeah, you can now uh, you have the option with the eight and twenties, or you can have the twelve and twenty. So, yeah, I mean, uh, I think they, they uh, super ships are going to be tested on live with next, was it next patch when they started testing super ships in random battles? So, yeah, I, I think it was next patch, yes. So I guess we'll all see those pretty soon. There is a, a, a comment from Think the Dog in the chat about... Uh, <laughs> Eight-inch guns on destroyers that the uh, uh, was it a Fletcher class or was it one of the Forest Shermans? But uh, I can't remember the title at all from the comments. But uh, yeah, the idea of uh, uh, oh, a Forest Sherman. Okay, yeah, the idea of of uh, a destroyer sailing around with eight-inch guns. And we've got some already that have like uh, uh, the you know six-inch guns. Not that they're terribly effective, those few that we do have. Oh, the, the German, the German 152, or is it 150 millimeter ones? You know, they're, mm. they're, they're better at fighting cruisers than they are other destroyers with those with those guns. But yeah, uh, I, I would I wouldn't like to see a destroyer with eighteen guns. No, <laughs> but it's the kind of thing I could see wargaming doing, like as a variation of like, is a destroyer with eighteen guns. Enjoy. I mean, super destroyer, right? Now we've, we've opened the, the door wide for weird stuff. Can you but but, but in a way, isn't, isn't that what the new uh, German destroyers are meant to be? But they only get 10, you can't go bigger. 
Yeah, but... Hmm. Just give them time. They'll go there. Aha! Think. Uh, okay. You, it's your alt account. Okay. <laughs> Hi there. <laughs> didn't so, realize that. I I didn't either. <laughs> so I uh, is is sneak 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 Captain Honor. <laughs> do, do you have it? Your your dog wasn't called Think, was it? Or do you have a new dog? Well, aside from that, oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, the main topic for tonight is the topic we've all been looking forward to once more. It's submarines! Yay! Yay. Oh, exactly. Everyone's favorite topic. Has been so favorite topic, so everyone has forgotten the CVD at the battle. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> uh. See, well, this has been normalized. Well, I mean, you know, uh, the the first thing is... Uh, okay, I think they mentioned only... But basically, they have now decided to remove submarines for two patches while they work on something. And this is why I have to admit I have been wrong. Because I assumed... Because so far, they've never been willing to remove submarines, even though they already announced changes and they weren't actually testing them. So I believe that they just keep them then and call them released at some point. But apparently they remembered that they were testing them and now they're going to take them off the server while they rework them and then bring them back. So that's that's finally a good good news. Might be the only good news, but it's good news. Well, yeah, we at least get a reprieve. Yeah. But uh, it, it does it does kind of show still quite how unfinished and ill-fitting the concept is, even after all this development time that they've had to go, right, we're going to take them off the live server and presumably do some more substantial changes to them rather than the more kind of iterative changes that we've been uh, seeing in the last patches. Well, I say iterative. The 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 changes they made with the, uh, the separation of torpedo types was, I suppose, fairly substantial. Yes, and I mean yeah. they also did like spotting changes and things like that. Mm. So I um, guess we can start with like the brief summary of the article, and then we'll get into details. And there's a lot of data here, which is also the good news, right? They are actually willing to share a lot of data. Um, they, I, I doubt they draw the right conclusions from the data, but at least we can see the data, which is a good thing. So the yeah, first, I, I have, I have a lot to say about the data. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's so go it, through the summary first. Yeah, first the, the changes in ten ten and ten eleven uh, have improved gameplay and action of the new class with surface ships. So basically, uh, getting rid of the overpowered homing torps have improved interaction. That's true, because if you can actually dodge a torpedo and aren't just screwed, that makes for better interaction. Who knew? <laughs> so the next part is even taking into account lifetime of submarines, which is comparable to destroyers. Other indications of sub-combat effectiveness are significantly inferior to other classes. 
Uh, so I guess we'll talk a lot about this more later, but that's basically um, not entirely true. It's it's just drawing false conclusions from the data, mostly. Or a better formulate it would be that for a lot of players are less in effective in submarines, which might not be because of the submarines. They're kind of taking that there. Yeah, it's the overall conclusion without any sort of nuance to it, basically. Then since 10, without 10, the average. Groups of, yeah. Yeah, the, then I mean, they said the average damage has been decreased. Yeah, because they got rid of overpowered homing torpedo, which was actually the plan. Uh, I, I would also say uh, another reason why the average damage can decrease so much is because I think the total number of played battles in submarines are much, much lower. So therefore, a even a small change in damage on low number of battles have a larger impact. So I, I would like to see in these numbers, I would like to see how many battles are these numbers based on. That would be interesting, yeah. Because if, if you have 1,000 battles in the first round, and get the one number there, and in the mm -hmm. next round you have 500 battles only, and see a decrease in numbers. Of course, do you have a decrease in average? Because you have fewer players. Yeah, I mean, you, you generally need also to to take into account how experienced are those are those all new exactly. players just trying out submarines have they played only 10 battles in submarines or have they been like good you need to kind of rate your data based on how much experience do people have in submarines and how effective are they things like that because we we can already see uh, after these rounds that players that have figured out how to play submarines make submarines really, really OP. They wreck yes. player bases with, they, with their plays. And players that are inexperienced, they die in the first two minutes. Yes. It, it's a CV rework all over again. Which, given, you know, the amount of... <laughs> Drama and everything, and uh, you know, community love for CVs before and after. You think they'd have learned something from that to not then have to have specifically gone, okay, CVs are too powerful in the hands of good players and too influential. The fact that they're then doing the exact same thing with submarines is just okay, yeah. Which is and seeing the numbers, you can clearly see one of the graphs that they don't get new players to play submarines. It's the same players that play every other class. When they play submarines, every other class uh, number of battles mm -hmm. goes down. And when they stop playing subs, the other players go up again. It's, so you have the same number of players regardless of class. You don't get new players from outside. 
which means that was one of the parameters they wanted with the summaries to attract new players. Mm. And they have clearly failed to do that. Although they might just uh, put this on. Yeah, we haven't released them yet. So I'm sure they have an excuse up sleeve somewhat for them. Or they'll just try to make submarines more attractive, which is the next point in the summary, which is very concerning. We will try to find other ways to increase the influence of submarines in combat, but we will not completely rule out the possibility of improving the torpedoes if other options will be in effect. And I mean, that scares me a little bit because I don't know how they want to increase the influence of submarines. Because we don't want them to be like super spotters or something like that. And uh, we definitely shouldn't increase their torpedo damage. <laughs> I, I would say, yeah, increase the damage of torpedoes, do that. But then you need to get uh, all other ships some um, means of uh, mitigating that damage. Remove the mitigation of the homing, take it away from a repair. Repairs should not be done for that. It, uh, make a new consumable for that. Uh, I don't know. Make the sub uh, visible when it pings or something. Mm-hmm. Then you get uh, some kind of high-risk, high-reward uh, thing going on with the subs. As you have it today, you have low-risk, high-reward. True. I mean, it's a thing I said just before we started, but I, I've, I've uh, kind of come to the, the thought that well, they've clearly invested a lot of time and effort in this. Why not just have it be a separate game and maybe they'll get the new players they want that way? Uh, even if it's like super niche, uh, you know, it's it's... <laughs> It's yeah, make make, make it... thought, I suppose. Not in, not in my not in my game. Go go and play your own game, but <laughs> yeah, make a new game <laughs> mode. Why yeah, why they... didn't they test the subs in the convoy mode? Who knows? That, that would have been perfect. But yeah, it it it's, it it would then at least even in their own game mode within World of Warships, but they could then build everything around the idea of, of, of subs and submarine balance rather than trying to shoehorn it into long-established existing systems, which is clearly continuing to uh, not work very well and, and kind of elude them as to uh, how to, to make it be, you know, both fun to play as a class, but then make it counterable, make it not overpowered in the hands of of, uh, of of skilled players, which is kind of where we are now. So, yeah, I don't know. But I don't know if they would if they would want to, um, like maybe they would see that as not worth the effort of, of doing a, a separate game. Hell, I mean, it's not like single-player sub-games are unpopular. I'm sure they could, they could come up with something. Wargaming has repeatedly tried to uh, uh, launch themselves in, in different ways as... Uh, uh, some kind of uh, publisher, and to be not just reliant on their, you know, World Warships and uh, uh, World of Tanks games, but uh, they've, they've not really found anything that's taken off so far. So even if it was something sort of fairly niche, I'm sure there are people that would be willing to pay for a, a, a submarine game that was maybe not quite as involved as. Um, 
uh, like you know the full-on World War Two sub-sim games, which usually have a very, very like you get one or two subs to play with kind of thing, and even even the more modern stuff like Cold Waters, you still have to rely on on mods to actually then um, go and play with uh, more subclasses than uh, than just like you know a small handful. So yeah, I, I don't know. I feel like I feel like there could be something there with all the, the the time and effort and the assets they've got. They could put out something that nobody else has quite done before. But they don't. I don't know. I, I don't know if that's occurred to somebody at Wargaming or if there's just like they're just dead set on having subs within warships, which we've seen. You know, no sign of uh, that not being the case. I suppose. Yeah, I'm I'm afraid that they're trying to uh, push the uh, square peg in into the round hole here and force it into the game, no matter what. Yeah, I have a feeling that Wargaming doesn't want to admit that there is no way to make subs, even though they have no idea how to make subs. They feel like if they just juggle the numbers a lot, then then it will somehow work out. It's mm-hmm. like they they. They they don't actually see the game, they just see some statistics and I think if they just pull some numbers in the right directions it will every it will work out somehow. That's the feeling that I got. And I feel like the more we progress for this article is the more it's uh, it looks that way. Yeah. They are too focused on their famous Excel sheets. <laughs> mm. So speaking of access, the next summary would be that uh, with the ch- uh, spotting changes, the subs are now spotting more like cruisers and no longer like destroyers, which is good. And then they have uh, roughly the same popularity as aircraft carriers, but slightly lesser at tier 6 and tier 8. I mean, uh, a bit of an interesting interpretation of the data there, but you know, we, we all know they want the same popularity as about aircraft carriers, so they, they will balance around that probably. Then uh, that's the most interesting. Based on the results on the public test, we realized that the plan changes do not lead to the desired results. So basically for the first time, like they, that's why they now take them off the live server for two patches, because when they tried uh, the newest changes on the public test, they realized that they, I mean, they're still basically in the dark. Yeah. And which basically summarizes this, and we can now take a look at some graphs. So, the, the, the first graphs that they're offering us are average absolute damage, average relative damage, spotting damage, lifetime in, pen, uh, in battle, and potential damage. And we can see that for the different patches where they've been testing, I guess, and for all the classes, which are aircraft carriers, uh, battleships, cruisers, destroyers, and submarines. So yeah, and, and I work quite a lot with numbers and graphs, and I can say these graphs are really hard to decipher what they actually mean and what they stand for. There's a lot of stuff missing here. Yes. I mean, I don't know if they only decided to share this with us or if this was their working before if they changed it for a presentation. But, uh, for example, I mean, if you, if you look at the, the absolute damage versus the, the relative damage, if you can see that there is like a small 
absolute damage uh, bar, but a big relative damage bar. So you can see, for example, the uh, cruisers tend to damage low health ships more than, for example, battleships. Even though battleships do percentage-wise more damage to ships, you can also see they do more total damage. So basically, battleships mostly shoot high health targets, and cruisers tend to shoot more low health targets. There are things like that that you can sort of get from those graphs, but it could have been presented a lot better. Yeah. And you you can see, for example, that uh, submarines, obviously that's what you probably get from that, that submarines tend to be a lot less effective when it comes to dealing damage. They aren't that great at uh, spotting, I guess. They take very little potential damage, which is clear because they are submerged a lot, and they die pretty quickly. And despite the fact that they, they live very long, they aren't very effective while they are. Basically, I think that's what they want to show us with this. And then obviously with the patches, when they change the torpedo, submarines have gone less effective. But as you said, what, what's missing there is like you, you need to look at those numbers based on skill and based on how many battles played, right? If if everybody on in this graph has played 10 submarine battles and they got bad stats, like if 99% of all players have only played 10 submarine battles, then those stats are very meaningless, right? Even though you have a big number of total battles, you need players who play submarines more often, who, who get more experience in them, and you need to like scale them by skill and so. And the yep. thing is, we know from previous uh, information given our previous presentations, uh, stuff like the CC summit, we know that wargaming does look numbers broken down that way. So it, it's definitely been a choice not to break it down here. How even in previous kind of public information dumps like this one, they have given numbers more broken down by kind of um, even even kind of player win rate groups uh, is probably the main way of doing it. And um, yeah, it's, it's kind of interesting they've not done that here. And I suspect if, if they had, we would see quite a lot of, of uh, disparity, maybe even more so than other classes between the high-skilled uh, players that have kind of figured out the optimal way to play with them as they are at the moment versus uh, people just trying them out, derping around a bit and dying very quickly. Yeah, it, yeah. It, it's and like... one, one thing I realized when I look at, uh, looked at these numbers is they don't, I don't think Wargaming realizes how important spotting is. Because, okay, a submarine may not do that much damage, but it does spotting so effectively, so rest of the ships can uh, pretty much kill every DD. Yeah, in, t- in terms of vision control, there's absolutely nothing that can can beat them. You just go down to periscope depth. Yeah, as long as you've got sufficient air left. And, and to me, that's a bigger problem than exact how much damage each torpedo do. It's actually something that was less of an issue before when the subs were a lot slower. It was a lot yeah. easier to get out of position. But these days, the subs can comfortably... Um, like it's a lot easier to get away, and it's a lot harder to get a submarine uh, in a position where the, the, the destroyers can get far enough away to proxy spot, drop depth charges, and allow their allies to also be able to, uh, to, to drop uh, their airdropped depth charges as well. So, uh, yeah, it's kind of... 
uh, like that was almost the opposite problem with the slow subs is it they were they were quite easy to corner and quite easy to deal with so they were like okay let's make them faster and then it's just introduced this whole new problem which is i don't know welcome to game balance i guess yeah to me it would be so easy uh, to fix the spotting problem because if a submarine is on surface or periscope depth, that's the only time it should be spotting for the rest of the team. As soon as you go mm-hmm. d- below surface, no more spotting for the team. That way, the, uh, the, uh, the DDs that are hunting that sub may not be killed so easily and have actually some kind of mean to actually uh, kill that submarine. And you, as a submarine, have to think about your positioning, uh, where you can get away, etc., etc. And a ping mm-hmm. should automatically somehow reveal, not exact, not render your position, but say, at least on the minimap, give your position. Yeah. Because because a ping will in real life make your submarine so visible. To me, the the anti-submarine warfare is not working as it is today. Uh, Yeah. Yeah, I'd I'd agree with that. Now, I will say that they do have spotting in those graphs, but basically, I mean, we all know carriers are a king in spotting. And then... There are basically destroyers and then there are submarines. And depending on which version and here you look like, there is a bit of a difference how well I think submarines compare to, to the destroyers and so on. But submarines are always like on third. I mean, yeah, car- carriers are just way in the stratosphere when it comes to spotting, followed by destroyers. And then destroyers yeah, yeah, yeah. and subs are a bit uh, fighting it out there, depending on which patch and tier we look at. Which also is combat effectiveness, but I I'm not sure how much. I mean, uh, let's let's say they have made it better. Like in uh, in when they first started testing submarines, right? They could basically spot a lot better even on. Uh, I, I don't quite remember what it was. Was it they they had even more spotting on periscope depth, or could they even spot when they were lower or so on? But they have already slightly addressed spotting. But they're still pretty decent at spotting. Yeah. Um. Then you you mentioned sonar pings. Like the next thing here is torpedoes and sonar pings. The thing is that sonar pings are just not a very good concept in in a way. It's the same with homing torpedoes as such. I think. I, I I agree. That's a bad concept, but. If they stick with that, they have to address that problem. True. Like, I mean, let's, let, there are two issues, right? The first is when you ping somebody, the person sees that he or she has been pinged. And the thing with torpedoes is usually the biggest uh, wound to hitting torpedoes is the enemy not knowing where the torpedoes are coming from, right? Or that torpedoes are coming from them. If you play Destroyer, you know... You generally don't want to alert the enemy of your presence. You don't want them to know where the torps are coming from either. So with a submarine, they always know that they are being targeted and they even know the direction from. So this is already a bit of uh, a problem. 
And then we have the homing thing, right? When you have homing torpedoes, if the homing is too good, they'll all hit and they'll be overpowered. Almost all hit. And if the homing is too bad, then they are easily dodged because they're all clustered at one point and you know where they're coming from. So you do have a bit of a chance to avoid them. So balancing a homing mechanic and getting it right is, I'm not sure if it's possible, but it's incredibly hard. So it's why they want to go down a road of something, basically make their own life a lot worse trying to make homing torpedoes work. And then there is obviously the problem that, you know, you can't fight the, the, the homing thing, which, I mean, even if you had like a better damage con for it or, or a separate damage con, it's... Uh, it like if the torps hit, you shouldn't depend on if this thing is on cooldown or not. I feel like yeah, it's a bit. That would be a kind of a sticking plaster solution at best. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I agree, but uh, yeah. I was just thinking about coming up with some kind of solution with this uh, as long as they have homing and ping. Yeah, I mean, it's just not a very good concept. As you know, if I'm, I've been thinking about, but there isn't really an obvious solution. I mean, you could make, for example, the pings like the, there is a thing that, like, a ping doesn't stick. For example, that you can't just if if you ping a target, then it the ping only lasts like a second, and it just briefly updates the torpedo guide and something like you can't have, have full homing, but you can like slightly correct your torpedoes after they've been launched. This oh, is something that, that I think be, you could that try. That would be interesting. Yes, I like that the idea. And I mean, you maybe then don't. You could, yeah, you could yeah. introduce. Then you could introduce uh, the the length of the, how long this ping sticks. Could uh, differentiate between different uh, nations, between uh, what cons uh, what the modules you have equipped, etc., etc. What's you can have is uh, captain skills, etc. That changes this number. Yeah, and I mean you could also have then a, I mean the ping recharges too. You could also give them an immunity uh, time period that you can't get yeah. pinged too frequently or something like that. But basically, make the ping a mechanic to not. Be an all enough, but be a slight correction, right? Your torpedoes stay for, for like, you know, a second or two, they track, so the other ones, they change the course or update the course, and then they continue. And then you'd even have to consider if you need to show where the ping came from. Maybe to just see that you've been pinged, which once again doesn't give you the crucial information where to dodge from, but it gives you some information that you might need to dodge something. So you could experiment with that. How much information do you need to give the player? And how long should the ping stick and how well should they correct the course? And I feel like yeah. you could play with that. Yeah, I like that. That is something definitely worth experimenting with. Then there is also like, I mean, you have now two torpedo types, the one that do more damage and the one that home. You could experiment with more different torpedo types. I mean... I don't know if there there could be like if if they want to give submarines more contribution to the battle without doing like direct damage or something. I don't know. I mean, maybe you could have slowing top. I I mean, the thing is that they always try to pretend that it's some sort of uh, historical ge or realistic game. So you'd have yeah, to that ship that ship has sailed. <laughs> 
So uh, then you could experiment with things like, I mean, you could have torpedoes that just slightly debuff an enemy in a way. Like, I don't know, a torpedo that slows you down, a torpedo that... Uh, I don't know, increases your reload or... I mean, you, you could experiment with certain effects, I think, if you want to just give them a... Why, why, not, why not having a uh, torpedo when it hits, it's radar jamming. <laughs> Stops your radar from working. <laughs> I mean, you're sure. You're kind, of making, you're kind of making submarines into, I don't know, like like the bard of World of Warships, really. Just Yeah, why not? Having various effects on the enemies. Sure, I mean, you know, you could, you could like, increase cooldowns on all their consumables or briefly block the consumables or whatever. Yeah, why not? If you, if you somehow want to give them more utility, that, that would certainly be an option. I think the, the real problem is also the way they... As Wargaming, I think, has noted later, the torpedo is just their only armament. But the problem is if you only have, like, single-launched torpedoes, it's often like a... a all or nothing kind of thing, right? And that also means you will have either an incredibly good game or an incredibly bad game, depending on if you get that hit or not. I mean, one one thing they could do, and you would have to be careful how you implement this, but it would actually fit within the historical uh, timeline of World War II and most of these subs, is pattern-running torpedoes. What are those? Um, basically, um, I mean, they're primarily used against convoys the germany definitely had them i think japan did japan develop them i'm not sure if the u.s did but um they would uh basically follow a set track so they would kind of they would be fired and then they would turn around and come back and then they would just kind of do this almost sort of uh sine wave kind of i'm, I'm doing, doing it i don't know why i'm doing it that way i could do it that way it's probably easier to yeah, see yeah, yeah 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 uh, essentially increase the, the the chance of an individual weapon hitting something so i mean that that as as a as an option might increase the effectiveness of individual torpedoes if you're um firing them instead of just them going off in a straight line to the distance that after say um, like when, when they hit the edge of their 10 kilometers or whatever, so they sort of turn around and maybe do a, 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 a pattern or two, and, and, that, and, and then they might be more likely to hit something. Yeah, that, that is, and then you have a more like an area denial torp. Yeah, mm -hmm. you know, when you fire torp there, you know, no ship can go in there for, for a while. And, and again, Perfect that, way that to was, block off uh, yeah, that, that would, channels. Yeah, more um, team utility yeah. as opposed to just yeah. spotting. And I mean, you could, you can spread out a few, like, and basically create really an area where that, that's it's not. And then even if you get a hit, it's probably only one or so. On. Yeah. So yeah, that, that, there's, there's a thing that would actually be, you know, historical, if we can use that word. Hey, we have a lot of good ideas. <laughs> Don't worry, they won't listen. No, of course not. So there is actually an interesting thing that uh, 
improvement made by your feedback made it possible to make the interaction between submarines and other classes healthier. At the same time, submarines were not overpowered before the change. And with 10.10 10 damage cost, submarines reduced by 20. They always like to, to throw in the thing like, oh, we listened to your feedback, but you were so wrong. It almost yeah. always, it, it hears like that. So look, we listen to your feedback, but unfortunately, you guys are always wrong. And that's just not the case because the problem is, and that right now, what the submarine can do is submarine can surface three kilometers in front of you. There is no way to detect the submarine before that happens. Then unload all of your torps into you and then dive down. And considering that the turrets are probably not turned the way the submarine is, you can't really get shots off that quickly. Well, I mean, depending on what ship you are, if you have depth charges to drop out your rear, you have no way to drop in depth charges. It all depends on how many ships with planes in the area pay attention. Because that's really something the submarine can just do right now. And that's sort of overpowered, right? If a submarine has... I mean, it needs spotting from somebody else. But you can totally underwater go there, surface, one-shot one, basically, and dive again. And the only thing that they can do about it is drop planes, right? If enough battleships pay attention, you might be screwed. And if not, then nothing can be done. And that's exactly like that's also a very frustrating interaction, right? I feel like you, you don't want to... I mean, I get glass cannons, but you don't really want to... Uh, you don't really want to develop a class that's meant to just appear, pop up, one-shot somebody, and then see if it can get away or not. don't think that's going to add some good gameplay. I mean, we already have the YOLO Emilio. We don't need a whole class that's like that. <laughs> no, absolutely not. I mean, you can push, pull a hydro and you see the Yolo Emilio coming, a submarine can dive below the hydro. And that's another thing. I, I really don't think a submarine should be able to hide from the hydro. Not, on, not even on max depth. You should be able to see the, the, the ship. If you are in hydro range, the submarine should be rendered. Yes. I mean... If they really want to, maybe they could slightly decrease... Like, I mean, you have a different hydro range for torpedoes and for surface ships, you could have a third value for submarines. Maybe say kilo, uh, a hydro that hydro surface ships at 6 kilometers only find submarines at 5 kilometers. So give them a bit of a better... But it should detect submarines, even if yeah. they're down there. Yeah. So, yeah, the, the next graphs here are, uh, you know, like how people do damage, dropping damage, torpedoes, uh, torpedoes where sonar ping was active, and so on. Yeah, secondary damage, that's, uh, that's very important. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's weird to me that some of them have functioning secondary guns, but even the ones with modeled AA don't have any AA. <laughs> well, you know, so we, I did mean... have a, we did have a suggestion of, of from chat of essentially reverse depth charges of uh, you know that there were mine laying subs. That was a thing. Was as another possible mechanic of uh, mine laying submarines? Yeah, I mean, but, but that would have to be, be a limited consumable. I think if you're going to do something like that. oh yeah, that has to be yeah. limited absolutely. And you're obviously but, but you're interesting, a... interesting, yeah. I mean, you could have mines that basically just remain for a certain amount of time and maybe mm. let them be spotted by Hydra or something like that if you get too close. 
so that you have a chance to to avoid them. But if you could lie a minefield and that minefield remains for like, let's say a minute or so, that could make them interesting, right? And that would make submarines a bit unique, uh, differ from actually being just a, a, a destroyer that sur uh, is under the surface. Because that's, yes. like, that's what I feel right now. Submarines are just destroyers that can go under surface, period. I yeah, mean, pretty much, yeah. I mean, they, they basically have reduced the utility aspect a bit because submarines are usually not the ones that are camping. They they can provide some spotting, but they can't provide smoke screens or so for anything, and they usually they don't... If they are spotting, they're usually not spotting the enemy destroyers. I feel like usually they go like behind the lines and maybe spot the cruisers or battleships that are in the back line. So they basically stripped a lot of the utility from the destroyers and made them a lot more extreme in... Uh, just just uh, damage potential with one strike. Yeah. And then it's a torpedoes are the only submarine weapon that, uh, and they are relatively unreliable. Yes, torpedoes have always been relatively unreliable in dealing damage in World of Warships because it depends, like uh, any weapon that needs to travel quite a long time to the enemy is somewhat unreliable, right? Because they can react, they cancel out of it. And with other things forcing you to stay away, like ships that spot you, prevent you from approaching. Like, if you decide to give them only torpedoes, wargaming new torpedoes are unreliable weapons. I guess that's why they kind of tried to get around this with the ping. But the problem is torpedoes deal so much damage. If you make a torpedo a reliable weapon, mm. it's not gonna be a good concept. Or at least you have to make them... Yeah, I don't know. Like, the, the thing is, you can't, like, nerf torpedoes down to basically guns and make them guns with somewhat different... It just doesn't really work that way. Not to mention that submarines can use the torpedoes very reliable because they can get into three kilometers of you just surface and front shot you. I mean, the thing is, if they if they stay periscope depths, they aren't even like detected, right? So if you have somebody else spotting for you and nobody is using any hydro or anything like that, have like a battleship there, you can surface like a three kilometers from it, unload all of your torpedoes from periscope depth and just dive down again. And battleship goes boom. Yeah, that's a really bad mechanic. Yeah, which is uh, a lot of the, also the observations bring us back to the fact that it's just too big of a skill gap. Okay? It's like good submarines are basically overpowered right now, and bad submarines are basically utterly useless and do nothing. And they are just a lot more bad submarines than good submarines, which is to be expected. And we also have another problem. Whenever we see a game with two submarines in each team, we have the problem that the game feels empty. You suddenly have no ships to shoot at, because it's two less ships that are spotted. Yeah, especially if you have like two subs, a carrier and three destroyers or something like that, and you're like, wait, yeah. where is everybody? Mm. Yeah. And that makes a, that type of game extremely boring, 
Sergeant Sully asked why, why the subs are only on, on even tiers. That's because they are only testing and haven't implemented uh, all the uh, subs yet. They're only implementing like CVs right now, just for testing to see how it works. They don't want to have 20 ships to uh, fiddle around with. If we, they, they need to they do changes, it's faster to do it on just four or five sh ships. Yeah, I guess I just want to cover a little bit to see how ships at different tiers deal with them without having that much work of working on portable yeah. submarines. And I'm still annoyed that there are still some ships that don't have any kind of anti-submarine warfare. Mm. Ah, yes, yes. Like uh, one of my favorite ships, the Tier 5 Hotnik. I love the Akotnik too. Yeah, I, I am so annoyed Hotnik, But I hate when I'm in, in a game with, in the Tier 5 uh, and have Tier 6 subs and two in each team, and I can't fight them. The, um, the, the Leonia at tier 6 doesn't have any ASW weapons either. No. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It's. I mean, it's an Okotnik. It should have like 32 depth uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> charges, right? Just line the entire outer yeah. ring with depth <laughs> charges. <laughs> Uh, the Dutch cruisers can use the airstrike. The airstrike works as a depth charge. It does? Yes. Oh, I didn't know that. They don't have to be on the surface for that. All. I, no, I, don't, no. I suppose I've played my Dutch cruisers enough to run across a, a submarine and try it out. But the problem is they are extremely... Uh, they are more unreliable than anything, so good luck hitting anything. Okay, I've learned something new then. They, they, they don't hit on max depth, though. Uh, if the sub dives too far deep, they don't hit. Okay. Interesting. So, yeah, then, going on with the amazing graphics, yeah, one of the indicators we check... Uh, submarines have a much higher number of battles without any damage dealt than other classes. Yeah, but... Like, yeah, of uh, course. <laughs> uh, of course, because people don't know how to play subs, and if they, they just, you know, try to surface and do it wrong, they surface and get immediately detected and wrecked before they can shoot their torps or anything, then... You know, I mean, it, this is basically to be expected. Right? Yeah. This is also what happens when you design a glass cannon and people don't know how to play the glass cannon. It's like... I, I have maybe contributed one or two games of my own with the zero damage in submarines. Yeah, I have done that as well. Yeah. I mean, sure, when, when you try them out, it's going to happen, you know. Only yeah. once you play more and get familiar with them is that going to go away. And, you know, what we need to know here is not just how many battles have been played with zero damage, but how how changes that the more you play, right? If you've played 300 submarine games, you probably have a lot less battles with zero damage than a person who's played five submarines. Mm. 
It's like in, in exciting news, we have figured out that people who don't know how to play a ship and play it for the first time are not very good at it. Yeah. One user at Shocker. 11. <laughs> so then they can, we didn't plan for submarines to take away the top title of scout. That's very nice of them. But it's not that the, the top scout is aircraft carriers. What's very interesting is, I mean, the, we had the, the graphs up there, right? And you can see the spotting from carriers is basically like spotting of carriers is more than twice generally than from destroyers. So calling the destroyers top scouts just, you know, ignores their own graphics that they've plastered all over this. Yeah. Which is, uh, you know, I mean, I know this is about submarines, but you, you can, uh, if you show us the graphic, then, you know. Anyway. So they say the new class is roughly comparable to cruisers in sporting damage. I mean Yeah, okay, with with the latest changes they basically say they have reduced the spotting. Well it's still higher than cruisers, but it's yeah. no longer as of, of, of course spotting damage is low, since the class also is the class with the most zero damage games. Because they yes. are killed off quickly, they can't spot. Therefore, you get low spotting damage as well. And also, if you are relying a lot on spotting damage, that means you're pretty much exclusively relying on your teammates for that. So yeah. <laughs> that's always a variable experience, if we can put it that way. Yeah, I would so, also say that so, this... so comparing, comparing spotting damage, I would remove all the uh, games with subs having zero damage. Remove all yeah. those games and then look at the spotting damage. Then you can get a reliable number of, okay, how effective are the spotting? True. Although I'll have to say that a lot of these days, I feel like as a submarine, you might want to use the spotting from other ship. Well, I mean, you can spot like until you get very close and you need to dive down. Or you can just, you know, approach from the deep and then surface, use the spotting of others and then one shot something and go away. But yeah, it's uh, as we've already discussed. You need you also need to look at the numbers of good players. Yeah. Then I, I like this little chapter there. Although depth charge airstrike is currently risk-free, the setting of the original bombs did not allow for reliable damage to submarines. I mean, risk-free, sure. Like, if you fire your guns at somebody, it's not like it's you risk getting hurt when you fire your weapons. That's how it's usually supposed to be. The thing is, you have a limited range. So basically, if you can drop a, a submarine with a airstrike, you probably need torpedo range. Except for some battleships who have, like, really long-range airstrikes. But generally speaking... It's not necessarily risk-free because you are in strike range of the submarine if you can drop it. This is not like a carrier where, you know, using carrier planes, that would be risk-free, right? Attacking somebody with your carrier is risk-free because they can't actually shoot your carrier. Yeah, you're not, you're not revealing yourself in the same way as firing your guns even with the... But, but you don't have to because you're already 
going to be like there's, there's not i don't think there's any battleship that's stealthy enough that it's going to be inside of its uh airdrop uh, depth charge range. yeah i don't think you can <laughs> stealth airdrop then uh yeah we we come to to next we come to the popularity graph that you mentioned earlier excellent where, where you can see that basically every time I mean, we, we can see, right, every time the mission resets and people have to regrind submarines, there is a dip. And every time less people play submarines, they play more other ships again. So as you said, right, it's just a redistribution of the player base. And interestingly enough, the only people who don't seem to be that, in, like the, the carriers seem to be at least interested in playing submarines. Yeah. Uh, C-Files, uh, I see you complaining about my volume. Uh, I sh change the volume settings, see if I, that helped a little bit, or if I need to change it more. Oh, it's better. Perfect. Okay. I For, for me, the volume sounded okay, but... Uh... Sound is one of those weird things when it comes to... Videos True. and streaming and yeah, there there's so many uh, points of failure. It's Discord, it's uh, Twitch, it's yeah. <laughs> True. So, what else have they drawn from the the popularity? They say that they are roughly the same as aircraft carriers, but slightly less so at tier six and tier eight. I mean, the first thing you have to note, obviously, is that right now, I mean, obviously you unlock the tier 6 and the tier 8 before the tier 10, but basically you just unlock them all by playing without any cost or so on. So naturally more people will play tier 10. So I'm not sure if the popularity graphs of tier 8 and 6 are that interesting at all anyway. Because people who have unlocked submarines probably have unlocked all of them and then they are probably going to play tier 10 because most people play tier 10. Yeah. Because and everyone know everyone knows that lower tiers in World of Warships is not interesting to play. Everyone wants to play tier nine and tens. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting they say that uh, submarines are roughly at the level of aircraft gears or something like that. They said roughly the same. No, no, I mean... they they don't specifically say how from how long time these graphs are from, but I think it's. Uh, the recent patch, the two patches. Sure. Um, most of the time they specified which patch here they didn't, or at least I can't see it. There is, there is something here, here but it's the, a little the bit too small. The popularity graphs has actually dates. Ah. But, True. but the other graphs doesn't have specified time. But I suspect that all numbers are from the same period. Probably. But yeah, you you can see that submarines, they tend to be a bit more popular than carriers. It just always drops when they get resetted. In the end, they basically match carriers, so people have lost interest. in Even the more dedicated submarine players, I guess, have lost interest in submarines in the end. Or maybe it's just that nobody else tries them out anymore. 
I, mean, I do wonder it. also how much the fact that we have dockyard missions going on and not many of them interact with subs specifically as a class. Like every other class has got yeah, a that's specific mission. Yeah. But aside right, from things, right. the kind of general things like an XP and, and whatnot, that there, there isn't anything that matches with subs. True. Uh, probably not a huge reason, but I'm sure it's been... I mean, I know that's that's been partly my reason for not playing them that much is I'm concentrating on playing things that will actually complete the dockyard missions. I mean, that's actually a very good point. I haven't thought of that. That's very true. Obviously, if people want to complete the dockyard or a lot of other missions, then they can't play submarines to fulfill them. So other graphs are expected to go up. People play mm-hmm. less subs. Which also is questionably for getting thought of that. Well, it wouldn't be the first time that they've had something going on alongside some event that doesn't mesh with it, like, at all. <laughs> they've definitely got four in that area. But to me, it looks like the the main populari- uh, population that plays subs are those who play cruisers, because cruisers feels the biggest changes when the sub has changes in popularity. Especially at the end here, in, the, in the December, when the population uh, popularity for submarine dips really hard, the only True. graph that goes really hard up is the cruiser population. True. So it seems that it's cruiser players that uh, tries out the subs more than anyone else. All super. And that would explain why I felt it was a period when I didn't see any cruisers in the game. It was only battleship destroyers and submarines. I mean, it could also be that cruisers felt like they were screwed the most, so... Yeah, could be that as well. And, like, especially especially if you get sunk by a lot of submarines in your cruiser, then you probably, like, I want to be the one who's sinking cruisers. Maybe they switch (laughs) to something. I definitely feel like one of the more, especially the higher tiers, well, any tier, they're one of the more easily punished classes overall. True. Oh yeah, cruisers were were in the captain rework. They were screwed over big time, especially light cruisers. Then, after the popularity, they mentioned like we've discussed in well before Christmas, basically when they announced those changes. They they there were those. Depth charge changes that all looked like they were going to screw depth charges and counterplay. And once again, Cheeky Wargami, as you mentioned, that plan changes for future will significantly weaken the depth charge airstrikes. But the purpose of those changes was to strengthen this type of weapon. Well, it didn't really read that way. So now they come out saying, well, on, they, they tried it on public test and the average damage of this weapon was increased by about 2.5 to 3 times. Which is a very significant change, yeah, but it's also the public test server, so let's keep in mind that 
the data might not be entirely comparable to the live server. So just, just a little thought there. But it gets more interesting than that because then they, they have graphs where you can see how much they took damage. It's also worth noting that they vastly increased the hit points of submarines. So if you do more damage to a submarine, but a submarine has more hit points, it's, you know, sort mm -hmm. of uh, compensating for that factor. Because, where was this? There is like... Later, the graphs below show the comparison of the damage caused by submarines. And it's interestingly to note that while they note that submarines take more damage from depth charges by 2.5 three times, all the damage that submarines cause has actually gone up. So, yeah. Yeah, I, they, I, I don't. I don't like that they're talking about uh, increasing the HP uh, on the subs, decreasing the damage on the depth charges. That doesn't go well with, with my feelings about how the, how it works today. It will be even more difficult to change, uh, chase, and kill the uh, submarine. Yeah, but I mean, that's... I have game after game. Mm -hmm. In my destroyer, I'm pressing G and get eight, nine depth charge hits on the submarine, and he still survives. And I ask myself, how? With eight, nine depth charge hits, the submarine should be dead. True. I mean, that, that's the thing. They, they actually, I, I, I missed that. Maybe it was when it was before Christmas, but basically, they tested those changes apparently. Those changes where they nerfed the depth charges and increased the HP, those were tested. And they tried to tell us that there, that resulted in depth charges being better because they say the average damage of this weapon type has been increased by 2.5 to 3 times. So they're trying to tell us that those changes made depth charges more effective. The problem is that they failed to take into account, first of all, the, the hit point change up here. And the second thing is that the graph shows that submarines dealt more damage after the changes, which would indicate that submarines fared better. So, you know, it's, uh, it, it's sort of a bit that the point they are making doesn't actually, like, reflect in the data, right? They are trying to tell us that basically they, they buffed the anti-submarine weapon, but coincidentally, submarines seem to be performing better. So, you know, all bullshit. Yeah, as C file says, it's kind of like a shooting torps. Eight torps should kill ninety nine percent of the ships in the game. Yeah, unless you're pan uh, pan European DD. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. <laughs> well, you know, I I do like to refer to their torpedoes as Swedish ticklers. Yeah. <laughs> That, that's another discussion. I really think pa pan-European torps, sh uh, the alpha damage should be uh, increased a little bit. Not much, but a little bit. So, what's the plan for the submarines? 
uh, I mean, so basically the thing is, and this is the first intelligent conclusion they've drawn. They've started to top testing submarines for now because the changes they playing, even like this time, even on public tests, they already saw that they are not going to accomplish what they want. Right. So after muddling along for so long, they finally decided to do what you usually do with a test. You, you know, you now analyze data, try to come up with an actual idea and then has the new idea instead of keeping them on the live server. The problem is, as we've thought already, they don't seem to have an idea how to do that. And there are a lot of things in this whole article that are points for concern. It, especially like, once again, don't, don't try to, to, to tell me that you've buffed anti-submarine warfare so much when you then show me data that submarines perform better after it. So. <laughs> Uh, or uh, gaming uh, could really use it. I think it is. Yeah. And that's just... Like, I always wanted more data from Wargaming because they never really were willing to, to discuss things. But now that they are giving us data, it just shows what we've already suspected. They aren't very good at interpreting the data. Which is, I think, where this whole... Uh, thing comes from that people think like Wargaming isn't playing the game because they they don't seem to know how to look at their own data. Well, maybe you, know, you could be even more cynical and say, well, maybe they know exactly what it's saying, but they're presenting it as a different thing to fit the narrative that they want to they want to give out kind of thing. So, uh, <laughs> I, I suspect you're more close to the truth. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think they... They are not stupid. They know exactly what the numbers uh, shows, but they really f want to force their narrative on it. So they they do everything to make the numbers fit. Okay, P possibly true. Like the the way they misinterpret their own data in this article, and the way they present, I guess, in this sort of cherry picked data or so, is, I guess, it's sort of impressive. They they still just they they want to fit that square thing in the the round hole, and they want to tell everyone that it fits. So I I I'm wondering when is the next time we gonna hear from them because they've taken themselves two patches. And what other ideas they're going to come up with. Hopefully they will keep us informed in the, in the dev blogs. But maybe this will indicate that we might not see subs in this year. Oh, don't, don't give me hope. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, I, that's my that's my deepest uh, hope that they actually don't reintroduce the subs. I mean, the thing is, they have never once mentioned that they might like early in submarine development. They always said, "Look, if they if we don't make them work, we'll drop them." But that talk has stopped a long time ago, and yeah. now they even when they. Uh, admit that they don't know how to make submarines. And basically this whole article is 
in a sort of way admitting that they have no idea what to do with them. So they're not going to pull it and wait for two months and hope they have an idea. Well, I well, still then don't say that. My, my suggestion of put them in a whole separate game yeah. and you know, do whatever makes them work for that game. Whole separate game, or at least in a separate game mode. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they, they, there are options to work with what they got. They're just unwilling to pursue them, I guess. I would love to see submarines in a convoy game mode. Yeah, and I mean, you could even make it PvE. You don't have to make it PvP, which would make oh, balancing yeah, yeah. a lot easier. Yeah. Like, have some, have some uh, destroyer squadron defending a convoy and you have to raid that convoy and they have all the, the elements they need for that and it would be a lot easier to balance and to make interesting exactly in that case also all the work they have done is not in, in vain Yes, you can reuse all the assets reuse everything you already done You know, another thing that I don't think they've really talked about in this article is submarine on submarine combat, I feel like feels extremely awkward. Oh, yeah. yeah maybe is. even more so than in previous iterations. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, mean, I mean, the first time the, I tested submarine, it was, it was okay, but it was not perfect, but it worked. But this time, oh, no, it's just awkward. Yeah, it, it, it's the problem is right. It, it's often a very long, drawn-out engagement where you miss each other and uh, say past each other and so on, and might just be decided by whoever has more battleships in the area who drops step charges in that engagement. But if you actually have a one-on-one -on -one fight, it feels awkward. It takes a lot of time, and you're basically not doing anything the whole time. It's like you are in your separate game mode. And the, everything else doesn't like concern you. And then you're just like for five, six minutes, you are weirdly dancing around each other. And then you merrily go each other's way because you've both grown tired. And in one on one, you're, you're hoping that you are in the American Balao and the enemy is in the German uh, yeah. U boat. Because Balao has torps in the aft and <laughs> Germans doesn't have it. Yeah, so you to, have a clear advantage. You can shoot when you're running away. Which, which makes two Germans fighting like even more awkward because the most of yeah. the time they can't really talk each other. They can make like a pass a bit and then they awkwardly try to maneuver so that they can try it again because the first cell yeah. has failed. Yeah. I'm, I'm not sure. Like, I haven't seen anything in the article mentioning that. I'm not sure if that's something they are also consider working on or if it's just so far back their mind because they can't even make other interactions work. Yeah, I think this, this basically concludes the articles or does, does everyone have does anyone have anything else to add to submarines? I mean, I just, I just want to say, you know, 
Far Cry, it's all gaming. At least it gives us a topic that we can revisit again <laughs> and again and again and again. Uh, makes good content, yeah. <laughs> you, you, maybe we can get that Duke Nukem meme. Like, I mean, at some point they released Duke Nukem Forever, which took took away one of the best memes. Maybe we can make subs a meme like that. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I guess the one, the one very last thing we could mention that's sort of news since we had our holiday break is the Giuseppe Verdi came out, which is a sort of uh, Italian slash Soviet design. I think it was an Ansaldo design offered to the Soviets. Uh, so, you know, it's sort of got some historical roots, but uh, I don't think any of the three of us have actually played it, so we can't really talk about it. But there's going to be videos for people interested in gameplay on YouTube. Yeah, I haven't even watched any content. But I mean, I, yeah. I've just been very disinterested in Italian battleships, and I don't think that they, they've made any improvements in that regard. Same here. Italian battleships has been a non-issue for me, so no, I have not seen anything, not paid any attention to it, so... There are certainly, I mean, you know, in terms of battleships, people are spoilt for choice these days. So there's not really any reason to play the most, uh, the most unreliable guns. Yeah, there are a lot of battleships for, for long range, for close range, and the Italians, they just fit in, in not in any category. Really I mean, well. they look sexy in port. True. <laughs> I mean, we all have to be uh, well, good at something, right? Yeah. As the DD main, I usually don't play battleships, but I found one battleship line that actually suits my playstyle. So it's it's the French battleships. I find them extremely fun to play. But hmm. well, I mean, they are quite different. Like you just run around like a mad barge hare and keep you all the things. Yeah. Although you can't. I mean, you could set them up as uh, torpedo boats. They do have a fast torpedo reload. They're not particularly. Stealthy, at maximum stealth, but yeah, you can have quite a quick torpedo turnaround, which can surprise people quite nastily. And they're fast torpedoes as well, not as fast as the Swedes, but they're still pretty fast. Mm. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, I think we just can call it a night here. Or does anyone have... Anything else to talk about? No. I think that's, that's about it, really. Yeah. So then, excellent. Thanks for joining us. Thank uh, you very much for having me. Where can we find you online besides Twitch? Uh, Twitch, and uh, I also uh, have YouTube channel. And, uh, oh, <laughs> I should have been prepared, of course. <laughs> With a link. Uh, let's see. There it is. Link to my YouTube channel. Oh, okay. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. <laughs> Jim Lau's bot strikes again. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you should have permission now. No. Yeah. There's my link to my YouTube channel. Uh, posted my recent, uh, a new video today, actually. My first for this year. 
a game commentary in my Estiatlan. Had a wonderful game there. And uh, that's it. And I have also have Twitch. Uh, I mean, uh, Twitter. And it's uh, at excellent one. And I post stuff there when I feel, feel it like it and when I go live, etc. So please follow me, uh, especially on YouTube, because uh, I try to get, make YouTube work right now. Yeah, it's, it's, it's tough to get going on YouTube, definitely. Yeah. And I seem to have a bot problem because uh, I have a follower count on YouTube going from 46, 47, 46, 47 uh, every day, back and forth. <laughs> so I really don't know how many exactly I have. <laughs> Either that or somebody is extremely bored. Yeah. So, yeah, then thanks everyone for watching. And have a good night, everyone. Thank you. Bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.